Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of Feed to Wet Your Brain. This podcast is produced by Fortin Horseman. Fortin Horseman also produces other content such as movies, other podcasts, and streaming content. When you get the chance, please subscribe to Fortin Horseman on YouTube and never miss another piece of content that we create again. You can also follow Fortin Horseman on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on wherever you listen to your podcast. This will help us make better and more episodes for you guys to consume. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok if you don't want your brain. You can also follow us on Twitter at Zachy the Zombie. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please email us at feedonwantyourbrain at gmail.com. And if you have the means, please consider donating on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash feedonwantyourbrain. We need as much help as we can in order to continue creating content for you guys, the audience. And as always, thank you immensely for listening to Feed Don't Your Brain. Please stay safe and stay sane. Enjoy the show. make a decision that you are going to move on. It won't happen automatically. You will have to rise up and say, I don't care how hard this is. I don't care how disappointed I am. I'm not going to let this get the best of me. I'm going to move on with my life. Joel Austin. The Walking Dead, Season 4, Episode 9. After. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Feed Don't Eat Your Brain. I'm Zachy the Zombie. I'm Alina the Wifey. And Alina just had her first bloody nose, just barely. Oh, I've had bloody noses before. Oh, okay. I just, like, I'm not... I'm not one of those people that, like, just randomly gets them. Uh-huh. Like, my best friend growing up, every winter she would get bloody noses. Mm. And it was just, like, a common thing that we, like, we would be sitting next to each other at lunch or in class... And she'd be like, oh, there I go. And then, like, there would be blood on her paper. Mm -hmm. And so, like, the only times I've gotten a bloody nose is when I've been hit in the face. And so for me to just randomly get a bloody nose Mm -hmm. is unusual for me. Mm, Interesting. Yeah, so Alina's surviving a bloody nose right now. Yeah, but I'm Um, fine. (laughs) But, uh, so how'd you think about this episode, Alina? Um, I really enjoyed it. It was... It was like Carl's episode. This mm-hmm. is like his episode. Mm-hmm. It's been it's been like his first time where he's actually had like a full episode. Yeah. Basically. You know, um, in Avatar The Last Airbender, there's that episode called Zuko Alone. Mm-hmm. I think this episode, instead of being called after, it should have been called Carl Alone. Carl, that sounds too much like Carl Malone. <laughs> <laughs> um, it would have fit. Yeah. But, so a big theme I got from this episode was like old life versus current life. Uh-huh. You you got that through Carl and Rick, but then you also like got that through Michonne. But I want to talk about Carl and Rick first, then we'll talk about Michonne. Yeah, go for it. Um, so like with the old life, like Carl, like they were literally in a house and they were kind of living a little normally. Like Carl was like pouring cereal. Yeah. He saw like video games. Um, he found chocolate pudding. Uh-huh. You know, and stuff like that. Like al- along with you know the zombie dangers that he had to deal with anyway yeah but like it it almost seemed like they were they were struggling with like an old world aspect within the new world Uh especially when it comes to um like a father and son having differences of opinion yeah i think like you don't you didn't really see that a lot until now i mean you saw carl kind of have attitude yeah but he really was honest Mm-hmm. With Rick in this episode, like, he brought up Shane mm-hmm. about how, like, Shane, like, had taught him to survive. And, mm-hmm. like, he he very much asserted himself as, like, I know this world. I know how to survive in this world. Yeah. Also, like, Carl, 
I felt like was blaming him for what happened at the prison, like one hundred percent. Oh yeah, he totally was. And it it was I I don't think it's fair to one hundred percent blame Rick. Yeah. But then again, like Carl thinks he just lost his sister, you know. They, yeah, they both they both feel a, think that they've lost Judith. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think yeah, Carl is definitely like expressing that grief more than Rick is at the moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rick is also like mostly dying mm-hmm. in this episode, the majority <laughs> yeah, of he, it. Yeah, he got the speed <sighs> out of him. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, like, and you saw like a huge struggle between Carl and Rick of like, Rick telling him what to do uh-huh. and Carl wanting to do his own thing. Um, and like, Carl did do pretty well on his own for yeah. like that day. He definitely shoots bullets way too liberally. Yes. Um, but, but he ran out of bullets and then that's when things got dire for him and Rick yeah. told him not to like use bullets so liberally. And he still survived. Uh-huh. Yeah. But but then again, like, that just kind of goes to show, like, Rick also wasn't wrong. Yeah. It's just, like, they were both going at it differently. And I think I think Carl was just fed up with Rick trying to control the situation and trying to control him. Yeah. When he felt like his father had failed him. Yeah. And failed everyone. Um, and it, it makes me think, like, is it sort of like a rite of passage for like, sons to realize that their dad is human and for dads to realize that their sons are now grown up and don't, like, you know, need that support. Yeah, and I think not just uh, fathers and sons. I think there's a time in general when children realize that their parents are human Mm -hmm. and, you know, hopefully the parent realizes that they've, their child is capable. Mm-hmm. Like, they've raised their child. They did the best that they could parenting. Mm-hmm. And their child is capable. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, I... I... But you saw also this, like, dichotomy within Carl of, like, he wanted to be, like, on his own and he wanted to be a man and yeah. do his own thing. But then, like, once... But then, like, once Rick wasn't waking up that first time, he started screaming, went out, killed the walker, was like, oh, okay, I can do this myself. Then he, like, started yelling at Rick, but then once he realized, once he thought Rick had actually died and turned into a walker, uh-huh. he, he, like, lost his mind because he, he obviously didn't want to lose his dad. Yeah. Even though he said, you should be dead. No, yeah, because deep down, like, that's not how he truly felt. He was saying that because he was grieving and he was angry and he was scared, mm-hmm. but that's not how he actually felt. Yeah. And like, to be honest, I'm going to get real here for a minute. Like I, I grew up with a very good relationship with my dad. Um, and like, he was always like my rock and my, um, like someone that I could always go to for help. And then right before I got married, he, he got really sick. He got really mentally sick. And I, like, was so mad at him because I felt like he wasn't there for, like, the biggest time of my life yeah. when I was, like, leaving the house fully and, like, getting married. Mm-hmm. And I I can kind of, I kind of felt Carl's pain um, in this episode because, like, he felt like his dad wasn't there in, like, I mean, I wouldn't say that this is, like, equivalent to being married, but, like, he no, felt like his I... dad wasn't, like, there for him uh-huh. when he was becoming a man. And he had to become a man way sooner in this world, for sure. Yeah. But yeah. One thing that I noticed when, um, when Carl was yelling at Rick was that, like, 
Carl's a lot like Rick. Like, he moved kind of like him when he was yelling. <laughs> uh-huh. And he, like, pointed down like him when he was yelling. Dang. I wonder if, like, that was, like, a thing that they, like, tried to portray. It's yeah. like, watch him, like, watch him before when he's yelling uh-huh. and try to, like, emulate that. I saw a lot of Rick and Carl that, in that episode. That is so cool. Uh-huh. I, yeah, I wonder about if that was something that was done, like, um, prompted by mm-hmm. the director or if that's something that the actor, um, just decided to do on his own, mm-hmm. like in his own, um, practice and research for the character. Or if it just or, happened. Yeah. Or if it just happened. Mm-hmm. Like he was just around him so much. That he filming. picked up his mannerisms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I cool. think, and especially as like a young actor, I feel like, you know, sometimes I'll pick up like mannerisms from my teachers yeah. or from my peers that like work really well. Yeah. Like I'll pick different stuff up as an actor. So I think I thought that was really cool. Yeah. That is cool. Um, and that kind of, do you ever have moments when you're all like, oh my gosh, my dad is showing or oh my gosh, all the <laughs> my time. mom is showing. My mom, whenever she was like in, in like intense thought, yeah. she would always like bite her upper lip. Uh, and I notice I do that all the time. Yeah. I'm like, why am I my mom? And like, I'll, I'll hear my voice, like I'll hear my voice recorded uh-huh. and it'll sound a lot like my dad Yeah. and, or I'll hear myself sing, especially when I sing. I'm uh-huh. like, oh my gosh, I sound like my dad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So even, even when we're struggling in our relationship with our parents, we can't deny that we are bits of the people who raised us, who yeah. we spent, you know, 24 seven with for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, that's all the notes I have on like Carl and Rick, but Uh the last thing I wanted to say is just like, there, there is always like, I don't know. It's hard when as a kid, you realize that your parents are, are human. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it'll be hard on our kids. It was definitely hard on both of us. I mean, I mean, we're still kind of dealing with a little bit of that right now, but like, um, it's really hard on a kid when you realize like your parent one is going to die. Yeah. And two, like they are human and they make really big mistakes sometimes and they mess up. Yeah. But Rick did the right thing as a parent, in my opinion. Uh-huh. And like, was like, Carl, like, I know I've been like, re- I know I have failed. Mm-hmm. I know I have been, um, not the best, but you're like a man and I'm proud of you. Yeah. You know, and Rick did the exact right thing. And I think like, I mean, have, when you were a kid, do you remember, like, comparing your parents to other parents? Oh, yeah. Like, that's exactly what Carl was doing with Shane. Uh-huh. It was like, Shane wouldn't have let this happen. Yeah. Which I think Shane was volatile, and he would have just murdered the governor, in oh, my yeah. opinion. Oh, yeah. But, like, he would have done something the way worse. The one instance where Shane would have made a better choice than Rick. <laughs> yeah. But, like, still, like, I, I don't know. I, I just I just want to touch on, like, it's very hard when a child realizes that their parents are human. It is. But I've also noticed there is, at least... For me, um, there was a level of relief mm-hmm. in, you know, realizing that my parents are human. Like, they they didn't bring me into this world, like, as perfect parents, knowing exactly what to do and knowing every right thing to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, like, realizing that is a relief mm-hmm. in some ways. And also, I feel like it also brought me closer to my parents. Mm. Um Afterwards, like uh, as in like entering adulthood, um, I feel like my relationship with my parents um, is very good, mm-hmm. you know. And I know that not everyone can say that, 
Uh, but maybe I can say that because my parents were really honest about like, yeah, we made mistakes mm -hmm. and like, we're sorry. And I know that there's a lot of parents out there that don't apologize to their kids. Mm -hmm. And I'm really grateful that mine do. Yeah. Well, like I kind of had the opposite with my parents. My dad was very open about who he was and stuff. Yeah. But like, I feel like because of that, I saw him as like Superman. Yeah. And I never saw like that dark side of him that he like would talk about. Cause he, he was, he was depressed when I was like born. So when I was about four years old, so I didn't really remember it. Yeah. So he was always like Superman to me. Like I, I always saw him as like, he beat his demons and he worked so hard for us. And he's like super honest about it too. Yeah. You know, but then like, I got the opposite with my mom where my mom would like really hide everything and like, really try to hide her flaws really try to hide her insecurities really try to hide past mistakes she's made yeah and um she has a hard time apologizing as well and it, it's just like it's very different but then when I realized when I saw my dad's dark side I was very disappointed yeah because I was like oh it's still there he's still human yeah and I wish I saw I wish my mom was more open about being human so it was kind of a different thing but like um still was like hard for me to grasp yeah you know but yeah all right let's let's move on to michonne yeah unless you have something else to talk about carl no, Rick. Let's okay. go. all right michonne um so with the old world and the new world like she had that dream that bled into reality reality yeah. which i thought was really cool and it, yeah it was really good uh -huh, and it was so subtle uh -huh. like one moment they're like chilling and then the next moment like the camera shifts over and they keep getting more and more distraught yeah uh the the brother and the boyfriend uh-huh um and and throughout the whole dream michonne's trying to still like be happy yeah like she's like wants the old world back uh-huh uh which i thought was really cool did you notice mike uh started sounding like rick towards the end of that dream no yeah he like he like started real like making those guttural sounds and, like, as he was, like, saying what to do, he started sounding like Rick. Did he, like, repeat phrases that... Yeah, I think so. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I don't know if that was intentional, but... It probably was, mm -hmm. if he was repeating, um... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another thing is they were they were talking about a show or something that they saw. Yeah, um, like and, an artsy show. Uh-huh. And Michonne was complaining that it was too pedestrian. But <laughs> right now, pedestrian and normal is what she is craving. Because yeah. she lives in such a crazy world. Yeah. You know? It's like, you don't know what you have until it's gone. Mm hmm I thought that was very interesting. Obviously, it was put in there on purpose. Like, how, like, we, a lot of the times we hate how boring our lives are. But then, like, once our lives aren't boring and our lives suck yeah. <laughs> at moments, like, we're like, oh, I just want it to be boring. I want to go through, like, I, would, I just want... Um, I just want life to be, like, okay all the time. But then when it's okay all the time, we get bored. Yeah. So that's the human condition, baby. Um, do you have any thoughts about the dream and stuff? Uh, just that it was heartbreaking. Yeah. Especially when her son came in. Yeah. It, there's, there's a lot about Michonne that we still don't know uh -huh. because of that. And I think it's on purpose to make her more mysterious. I like it. It's like yeah. the locked box mm -hmm. that you're always talking about. Mm -hmm. Like the the first indication of it for me was when she refused to hold Judith. Yeah. And then when she finally did hold Judith, like she started smiling and crying. Mm -hmm. And that intrigued me so much. I was like, oh, Michonne, mm -hmm. tell me about yourself. Tell me your trauma. Yeah. 
Yeah. What's your damage? Yeah, and you pick up on those things really well. I really do. Easily. I will say Alina's very good at picking up on the subtleties uh, in TV shows. You know what I think it is? What? I think it's because I read so many books. Mm. Like, I... I start to learn foreshadowing in books, mm -hmm. and so when I see it in TV, it's like a smack in the face. Dang. Yeah, maybe. 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 Um, so, Michonne kind of went through, like, a journey, and I thought it was really interesting, like, Michonne kind of backtracked to her old self. She did, uh, she, yeah. She got two other walkers, uh -huh. cut her, their arms off, got their, their jaws off, and then she was just kind of mindlessly roaming. Yeah. And then it wasn't until she saw a walker that looked kind of like her, had like the dreads, was a was a black woman, black woman yeah. you know. She saw that walker and then she started freaking out and start, just killed all the walkers around her. And like, to me, that was like her like refusing to go back to like being depressed, being hopeless, yeah. being sad. And that's why she ended up finding Rick and Carl. Yeah. It's because she was able to like let go of that that really dark side of herself yeah because she had been a wanderer and a loner for so long mm -hmm. and then she met a andrea and like they had their relationship together and that kind of brought her out of it yeah and then she became part of a community mm -hmm. at the prison and i can't remember exactly what the quote is but you know that quote about like it being painful to like outgrow yourself yeah like when you change and you outgrow, like it's a really painful experience, mm -hmm. but it's not as painful as trying to like squish yourself and make yourself fit back into what mm -hmm. you were before. Yeah. Like, I don't think I could ever like go back to who I was before as like of the things that I've changed positively. Yeah. Cause like, I love who I am mm -hmm. so much more now. Yeah. And the pain of trying to squeeze yourself back into that. Mm hmm would be greater than the pain it took you to grow into the person you are now. Yeah. And the only thing I hate about it is you look back about self-improvement is that you look <laughs> back and you cringe at some of the stuff you did before, you know? Oh, yeah. You know, you like try to be kind to yourself. <laughs> like I'll think about, I'll think back on like stuff in high school that I said and oh, did and yeah. I'm like, Oh my gosh. I was a monster. Yeah, why was anyone <laughs> I, friends with me? I was a literal monster back I, then. I think about that, and I was a weird loser. <laughs> I was never, a weird loser. Baby, you loser. were never a weird loser. I was. You're my weird loser. Like, why did I, why was anyone friends with me? <laughs> I kid. Because I you're kid, awesome. But, yeah. But, um, yeah, and then, yeah, that was, that was basically it for Michonne. Uh -huh. She was kind of just spattered in through um throughout the episodes but i think the biggest takeaway from this episode is like it's important to allow yourself to grow uh -huh. into a better person and it's important to let other people grow into better people and to be basically be forgiving of yourself and be forgiving of others and allowing everyone to just be better despite the mistakes that people have made mm -hmm. you know if they're willing to be better i think you know if someone isn't willing to be better, then there's no point in trying to, like, help them or forgive them. But, like, you know, yeah. I, I constantly see Rick, Carl, and Michonne trying to be better. Yeah. But, yeah. Do you have anything else you want to add? Yeah. Um, do you? Okay. Um, so you mentioned a theme that you saw in the show was, like, old world versus new world. Mm -hmm. um, and that's actually not the theme that I picked up on. Mm -hmm. The theme that I picked on picked up on is um, 
family relationships being a weakness. That's definitely another theme, yeah. for sure. And, and like, weakness is not a bad word. It's not a negative word, in my opinion. Mm. I feel like our weaknesses mm -hmm. are sometimes what, like, they are what make us most relatable. Yeah. Um, and so what I saw with that is Rick trying to protect Carl so much that he put himself in danger. Mm. And Carl being so attached but so angry at his dad mm -hmm. that he explodes. Yeah. Um, Michonne missing her husband or partner and brother mm -hmm. and child so much that it's causing her to have anxiety attacks mm -hmm. in the middle of the forest. Mm -hmm. There's that scene where she leans against the wall, slumps to the floor, and has that conversation with her dead partner yeah. and says, you could be here too if you had tried. Mm -hmm. Like, that's why I'm here. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's, it's the relationship that we have with people, with either our actual family or our found family, mm -hmm. that make us the most vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And I felt like Michonne's journey and Carl and Rick's journey... Like, they kind of met in the middle at that restaurant, mm -hmm. the Joe and Joe Jr.'s barbecue restaurant. Yeah. You see the note on the table that says, please do what I couldn't, mm -hmm. sign Joe Jr. Which is becoming better. And, like... Well... Or, like... I... Well... Yeah, I think going... What I was going to say is, like, Joe Jr. couldn't kill Joe. Yeah. He couldn't kill his dad. Mm -hmm. And... Carl kind of, like, scoffed at it. Mm -hmm. He kind of scoffed at the no. He was like, ugh, well, I am, I'm strong. I would be able I, to do it. I would be able to do it. But in the end... He wasn't. He couldn't. He couldn't mm -hmm. kill his dad. And so it's like, our, when we choose to love someone, it just opens a door for us to be hurt mm -hmm. because we attach ourselves so much to this person. But I don't think it's a weakness. But it is something that we're vulnerable to. Yeah, well, like, vulnerability, you know, I, I don't think should be compared to, like, weakness. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like if you're vulnerable, you're willing to allow your weaknesses to show. Um, and I think that those two can be kind of intertwined with each other. But being vulnerable is just, like, allowing yourself to be human with another human. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, I agree. I think it's, there's a lot of, like, you know, family relationships. And the reason they are making it through is because they have each other. Yeah. There'd be no point if, if it was just one person. Yeah. And that's what I love about Michonne finding them is when she finds them, she is so happy. Mm -hmm. And when Rick looks through the door hole, mm -hmm. he is so happy mm -hmm. because they know that if they have each other, mm -hmm. it makes it worth it to mm -hmm. keep going. And they, um, and, like, that kind of foreshadows, like, all of them meeting up again. Yeah. You know? Uh, but, oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for the rest of the season. I am, too. But, um, all right. Well, if you don't have anything else oh. to add, we'll move on. We'll be right back after a short musical interlude with a moral dilemma.
And we are back. All right, Alina, here's your moral dilemma. When do you think it is okay to accept your child as an adult? Uh, is it an age thing or is it like a maturity thing? I think, at least for like me and you, how we want to parent our kids. Mm -hmm. um, I usually ask parenting questions when you're here. Yeah. So that we can, you know, talk, <laughs> talk about, about it. it. <laughs> um, I, my mom is still like my parent mm -hmm. and like she treats she still treats me not like a child in a bad sense mm -hmm. but she still looks for opportunities to um serve me yeah and take care of me yeah and it's definitely not as much obviously as when i was living at home yeah um but my mom really like lives up to the phrase of like it's not 18 years it's forever yeah like my mom is my forever mom mm -hmm. and i love that and i'm so appreciative of that um and so i think that like i when it comes to how much um freedom i give our kids yeah i kind of want to do it based on like one age and two like the maturity that i'm seeing from mm -hmm. them um but as like far of as far as like all right, you're an adult now. I'm not a parent anymore. Yeah. Like, no, I that's, don't want to do that. That's not, I, I really agree and admire your mom for like being like when you, I, I truly believe when you choose to be a parent, like you're a parent forever. Yeah. Like you're not done parenting when you're, when your child turns 18. Like, cause there, there are so many times where I wish like I felt like I could talk to my parents and like get genuine was wise advice yeah from my parents about like stuff to do with adulthood like because they they have gone through it before yeah and you know there there have been some times where i'm like man i wish like i wish i could get some insight on this from my parents but i've never felt like my parents have been in the right state to do so or they just they just like don't want to i don't i don't know exactly why but every time i try it feels like I am, you know, it just feels like I'm not getting advice. They're just sort of being like, yeah, I'm sorry that's happening. Yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, I, you know, I, I, I genuinely agree. I still want to, like, help my kids, whether it's financially, if they need it, you know, like, because we, we would not have survived if we did not get, like, financial help from our parents, especially when we were starting out. Yeah. And we, we also, like, to be vulnerable, we also just got some more financial help from Alina's mom. I know. And it's so funny because, like, I, um, it, it's so hard for me to ask for help. Mm -hmm. Not just, like, from family members. I struggle with it in the classroom and at work. Like, I just really hate asking for help. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I'm trying to get over. Mm -hmm. And something that my mom always said to kind of help comfort me when I was, like, struggling to ask her for help is, like, I want to help you right now because you're still a student, you mm -hmm. know, and like you still have a lot on your plate and it's so funny that like as soon as i graduated as soon as i stopped being a parent a student or yeah as, <laughs> <laughs> as soon as i graduated as soon as i stopped being a student um we had car issues that my mom mm -hmm. was present for and she was like let me help you yeah um, well like and you know but we're now we're in a place where we can like actually pay her back yeah and that's super like before nice before we couldn't even do it we would just be like thanks I'm sorry we can't pay you back, but, like, we yeah. really appreciate this. But now, like, you know, we're, we're doing way better now that we can, like, actually 
pay her back. But, you know, I, I still want to do that for our kids. Mm -hmm. And I, I do think that it is like a, I, I believe that like kids grow up at different paces and they're going to reach different milestones at different ages. Yeah. And like being okay with that. I feel like it's such a great thing as a parent to realize. Uh -huh. Like, I feel like we might have kids where they're ready to leave at like 16. We won't let them leave at 16. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but like, like if they want to leave at 18, they can go leave at 18. You uh -huh. know, um, I, I felt pretty ready to be mostly on my own at 18. Yeah. Um, but then like, we might have some kids who like, they, they're still not ready to go out in the world and they may need one, two, three, five, ten years yeah. to like feel ready for it. And like, um, but like, you know, I, I want to be there for my kids, not, not like coddle them, but like still trying to help them grow and still help them try to like become a thriving adult. Yeah. But it, it's a balance, but like also like supporting them Yeah. and what they want. And it's funny cause I, yeah, like I want the same thing out of parenthood. Like I, the desire to have kids I think is like it can be viewed as a very selfish thing or a very selfless thing. Mm -hmm. And for me, like I want to approach parenthood as a selfless thing. Yeah. And part of that is like, you're letting your child grow up to where they don't need you anymore. Yeah. Like, can you think of parents that like, they, they almost like hinder their children because they want their child to still need them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, and vice versa, like parents that just kick their kids out at 18. Yeah. Cause they're done. Cause they're done. Yeah. I'm done being a parent. I don't want to be a parent anymore. Yeah. It's like, nah, you, you chose this life. Mm -hmm. They didn't get to choose to like be here. Like you chose it for them. Yeah. And you're in it for the long haul, buddy, your whole life forever. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's our opinion of two people that haven't been parents yet. No. Um, but we're going to be eventually one yeah, day. One day. Um, but yeah, do you have anything else you want to talk about? No. I'm All good. right, cool. Well, thank you guys for listening. Please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcast. And um, please share this episode with your friends, family, and and enemies. And, um, yeah, please just, just give us the support. Comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode. And, yeah. Cue outro music. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do